0: Time for Diet Coke break? Yes, yes, yes. Da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> I really need that.
1: Love what you love. Diet Coke. Get runway ready. A chance to win the ultimate shopping experience plus hundreds of the prizes curated by Kate Moss. Promo packs in store, 18 plus, T's and C's, visit coke.co.uk slash break. Hello. I hope you're doing well. It's time for a creative check-in. So today I want to talk about how important it is to say thank you to everyone who helps you along your creative path. And this idea came up because I was talking to my mom, shout out to Joanne, and she said, yo, you know what, honey, it's so nice that you say thank you to everyone on your podcast at the end, you know, when I kind of like do a credits. First of all, there's one thing that's really strange about podcasts and that's that there's no credits, you know, and, and film and TV when there's a big production staff or it's just a normal size production staff, you always see credits of every person from A to Z who's worked on the film. But in podcasts, you don't have that and most people choose to leave it out, but what I love and what I kind of got the idea from is NPR And they always say every single person who worked on the show up to the intern, you know. So I I thought that that was a really nice idea. And I also made a commitment early on when I first moved to L.A. and I was interning. I did probably like just under five internships in the first three years I was out here. And I realized in those times that if I was ever a person in power... I was always going to make sure to thank every single person who was working to make me look good. It's just a good practice because, first of all, it's an energy exchange, right? If someone does something nice for you, you're exchanging the energy back by saying thank you. It's really like literally the least you can do. The other thing is what we've learned from pretty much everyone who comes on the show is that when you do express gratitude, you get more of the good thing, right? Right. So I mean, obviously, you should do it just because it's the right thing. But also, there's if you if you want to make it a selfish thing, there's that component. The third thing I would say is that it demystifies whatever success you have. So nothing, especially no creative project is ever completed alone. I could never have made this show if it wasn't for my friend Liz who stepped up to the plate and made this amazing music for me. If it wasn't for my friend Juliet who stepped up to the plate and told me that I could do it and is my basically creative mirror every week. If it wasn't for Anika who designed the logo. If it wasn't for my friend Ashley who has helped with so many ideas including being instrumental in the creation of the name of the show and helping get so many guests including the wonderful woman you'll hear today. And there's a million more names on the list, but it's so important to say that I couldn't have done it without those women. And yes, I am the driving force behind the show, but there wouldn't be a show without those people who believed in me. It is so important to have people who believe in you and to thank them for believing in you because there's going to come a time, if there hasn't already, when you don't believe in yourself And the only reason you get anything off the ground is those people lifting you up and supporting you. So anyway, long story short, the reason I thank the people is because they deserve to be thanked. And I hope that you always take an opportunity to thank anyone who has had any even small part in making your creative project come to light. And now I want to get to the creative of the week. So our creative of the week is Denise of Antlers and Leathers. And she reached out and took a video of herself. I think she was working with her dog. I think she maybe works from home and she was listening to the show and I reached out to her and I I looked up her website and she has all these really cool products. She makes amazing one-of-a-kind leather pieces that are fit for your inner rock star. So my favorite of her pieces are these really cool fringe earrings and she makes awesome custom guitar straps that I might just have to buy one of. Her goal is to make wearable art pieces that are just as unique as the people that will own them. And let me tell you something, she is succeeding in that goal. You can check out her work on Instagram at antlers.and.leathers and and her website, antlersandleathers.com. Now let's get to our guest. Amanda Oleander is an artist, influencer, podcaster, and entrepreneur, who is recently honored as one of Pure Wow's 100 Women Emerging in Culture. Her and her work have been featured in New York Magazine, Seventeen, Cosmopolitan, Vanity Fair, and The Hollywood Reporter, to name a few. And she's even given a TED Talk, Amanda studied fine art in college and moved to L.A. in 2013. She worked multiple odd jobs, sometimes doing three at once, until she finally landed a position at E! Entertainment as an artist. During the time she worked at E!, she lived in a 300-square-foot apartment with just one window and put everything she had into her career and art.
0: I think a lot of the times we expand ourselves too much because we people are scared to be uncomfortable, just go back to your parents or get a roommate or just live uncomfortable for two years, if that gives you extra money to travel the world and paint different countries that you've never seen, if it's something that you want to do, or if that gives you extra money to start a podcast and you're like, okay, I have enough saving to work from home for six months and later I'll figure out what I'm going to do. But I think a lot of it is just just not worrying about other people and every journey is unique and sacrificing everything for what you love. She worked there just under a year when the
1: company laid her off because they wanted to focus on fashion, but this ended up being one of the best things that ever happened to her. Just three weeks after parting ways with E, she joined the live streaming app Periscope and became the most popular woman on the app. This gave her the necessary eyes on her art, and it started selling like hotcakes. She quickly achieved her goal of becoming her own boss and has made art full-time ever since then. Her most recent collection involves illustrations depicting life behind closed doors. It's incredibly emotional work that will not allow you to view it without feeling something deeply. Whether you laugh or cry, something is going to be evoked when you look at her artwork. I wanted to share Amanda with you because she's an incredible example for any creative on the power of belief. In yourself, your work, and what's possible for your life. I admire her outlook so much and I want to be more like her. From our conversation you'll learn her trick to never get creatively blocked, abolish self-doubt, how to find a romantic relationship that enhances your creativity, and the creative reward for embracing periods of discomfort. Now here she is, Amanda Oleander. When was the first time you realized you were a creative person and how did it make you feel?
0: I was very young. It was something that was so natural that as soon as I can hold a pencil or a marker, I was just drawing for hours. So it was never something that one day I realized I was creative. It just happened as soon as I could just draw, be a person. Or create, be a person. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So the first time that my family realized that I was, I guess, different was when it comes to like more advanced drawing wise was um at Disney World. I was probably around five years old and my mom had purchased one of those autograph books. So yes. I had it. Oh you my gosh, those? I had one of those. Those are the best. So cool. So we were waiting in line and I was just sitting in the stroller with the autograph book. And while I was waiting in the line, I started drawing the characters from memory like Daffy Duck and like all the those. And then people in line started pointing and they were just like started talking about it and then my mom turned around was like what are they pointing at and then that's when she kind of realized because to her it was normal maybe i was the first child so she's like oh she's just really good at drawing
1: (laughs) she's just a prodigy no big deal
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean just little cartoons but yeah
1: yeah but how was it how was creativity in general looked at in your family and how did that encourage or discourage you at times
0: my parents aren't artists like they don't you know like drawing or painting or anything like that but they always encouraged it so ever since i was little for every birthday my mom always gave me an awesome present. If it was an easel or a new set of brushes or marker set, I always got something that encouraged my creativity since I was young. So that was great. Ever since we were little, my mom enrolled us in a museum that was like a children at art museum. And she would take us on the weekends where not only do they talk about art and you can take classes there, but we can also create. They had a lot of activities. So that was really, really fun.
1: And so we talked a little bit when we first sat down about how a lot of people are overcoming their early childhood programming. And, you know, I was also lucky because I was encouraged to sing and dance and be myself when I was younger. But there's many people who are out there who had a lot of negativity when it came to expressing themselves in any way. Mm -hmm. So if somebody did have that as their base for life and now they're trying to go out into the world and pursue their dreams without fear, what's your advice for them?
0: The thing is, is sometimes we're so caught up in our in our bubble of our home, of what our parents think and our friends think. And we're lucky enough now in our generation that we can listen to a podcast or we can go on YouTube. I didn't know that being an artist was something I can do as a career. So even though my parents were very supportive, I never thought I'm going to be an artist when I grow up because I thought, you know, you're a doctor, a lawyer, you own a business or whatever, um, or I'm going to work in a building. And that's just what I thought. I think that now... If you are suppressed in your family, by your family or by friends, I would say follow the artists that you look up to. There's so many artists that are making it. Just follow their journey. See what they did. Educate yourself is one of the big things. I do have a fine arts degree. So whatever it is that you love doing, even with art, in my opinion, is educate yourself in it because there are so many. There's a lot of foundation that you need to build and that you need to learn. So I would just say, uh, education is ed- key. Education is key. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to go to school to be a lawyer, a doctor, why not for an artist, you know? Right. And I think it's so
1: sad that so many people look at that degree as a throwaway. Cause I got my BFA in acting and oh, okay, I not like acting. So every- did Joey, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. I love it. And we got to get to your relationship, yeah. your uh, beautiful, beautiful relationship that you depict so many pictures of, and you've got a Great new podcast out about well, not just about the relationship, but it it features the yeah, two of you it's sort of so yeah, I think it's interesting because my acting degree helps me with everything, yeah, it helps me understand people, it helps me be more expressive, it helps me engage in perspective taking and empathy, and I think when you study the arts, no matter what you do, even if you don't go toward the arts, it's going to help you, yeah, be a I better agree. person and yeah. nothing else, which Let's... helps you get jobs so
0: <laughs> bang. <at> <laughs>
1: So, but I did think it was interesting too, because I watched a few interviews of you and then I read a few articles that were about you and you said, and you just also talked about the fact that you didn't think that art was a career path. So I'm wondering about what that moment of illumination was like for you when you realize, oh, I, I could do this forever <laughs> and make money from it. What was that moment like? How powerful was it? And how can we kind of follow that moment in our own lives?
0: I, oh my gosh, that was so exciting for me. It, I don't know why even back then I didn't look it up to be an artist. I don't know. It just, it just didn't dawn on me. It wasn't until I started college and I took, I started undecided. Then I switched it to business because I've always loved business since I was mm-hmm. little. And you do that um, now. Yeah. It, <laughs> even though I never took one business class because I, I, I switched out before. And then I took like an elective art class. And when I sat there, I was drawing, I loved it. I thought it was just going to be an elective kind of like how it is in high school. It's just something you do for fun. And then I realized that everybody in there was going to college to get a fine arts degree. And that's just when I realized, oh my God, this is, I can do this. So I quickly switch my major. And it was amazing. And I didn't look back since.
1: So in those moments in life, I think it's a lot of us teeter-totter, oh, should I do it? Should I not do it? And you made a quick snap decision to follow your passion. So if somebody's in the middle, like there's a line down the table we're sitting at, if they're straddling this line, and they're in the middle of, "Mm, should I go toward my art? Should I not? How can they get away from the fear and the expectations of like what a safe life would be and go toward their artistry
0: the thing is you have to put on a balance and see what's what is going to make you happy for the rest of your life and for me i look at and i'm like what do i want this is what i want like how much money do i want to make how much art do i want to make where do i want to be in life and then i put that let's say at the top and then i figure out what do i need to do to get there and i think that if you're kind of on the edge number 1 at least for me, this this is what works for me. If you really don't know what to do, disconnect from everything, don't talk to anybody, go out into nature and sit by yourself and just sit by yourself without any distractions and what do you really want? Mm. And then you listen to that because – It's very distracting when we're listening to other people and that skews our decisions because at the end of the day, you're the one that's going to be living that life. It's not them. And they'll never understand what drives you because only you know that. Um, So I think just listen to yourself, whatever it is, then follow that. Once you follow that, dedicate every day to whatever it is that you want to do.
1: So speaking of that, you did follow it. You moved to L.A. after college. We just Mm -hmm. talked about how it was supposed to originally be like a week, and it's turned into how many years have you been here now?
0: Uh, Since 2013.
1: Okay. So a few years, five years. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. When you first moved here, you did work a lot of odd jobs to make ends meet. I know at some points you were working three jobs. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we can look at those moments as like, oh, I'm not doing what I want to do. This is a failure. But there's a lot of – good lessons you can learn from those jobs that support you as an artist. Yeah. When you were working those jobs, how did you kind of frame them creatively and how did you find ways to keep your creativity alive even when you were exhausted from working two jobs in one day?
0: So for me, I always knew that, This is temporary and you have to keep that in mind if you are right now working a couple jobs and and I know it sucks, but just keep that in mind that, okay, I'm going to do this for – and give yourself a deadline. Mm -hmm. Say, I'm going to do this for two years and save this much money and then from that, I'm going to invest it in myself and – you know, but while I was still working those jobs, I was still creating. I was still painting this painting behind me. I was doing while I had three jobs. And
1: can we explain the painting a little bit? <laughs> it's
0: a six foot painting of the Mona Lisa, but in my own style. And it's more it's not about this painting a little bit more just you can do whatever you set your mind to. Like, I personally have never seen a Mona Lisa that painted that big before and and without a mouth either. And I felt like I can do whatever I want. I'm so just interesting paint it. that you said it's
1: without a mouth because I pictured that frown line as her mouth.
0: Oh, no. Look at that. Yeah, it's just the interpretations. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but you're right because you painted it. So,
0: <laughs> no, but that's fine. So it, that, that's a little bit more just to prove to myself that like, okay, I want to do a huge whatever painting, like nothing can really stop me. And that's really the 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 thought process behind that. And then there's another one in the studio that I also did. So I was always creating while I was still working. And for example, I was working at this boutique at one point and all I had to do was manage the boutique and just be there and like organize the clothes. But And even though I was still going to get paid that minimum amount of money for that, I told her, you know, you have all this great merchandise, your website's not great, your social media isn't great, I have a good um, camera, so I'll edit the photos, I'll do everything just for free. But in my mind I'm thinking, okay, I am going to learn this extra skill and study and learn this this graphics be, behind product shots, editing websites, and I'm going to be paid at the same time that I'm learning. So it's not as much as like I'm giving her free stuff, but I'm getting paid to learn, mm-hmm. teach myself. So I always try to multitask. What am I how can I make the best out of my time? So instead of just standing there and working at the boutique, I, I I had all this, like, imported jewelry from Italy and purses and all this great merchandise that then I used and I ha- – at one point, I even was doing – I was charging, like, 45 an hour for just, like, editing some photos because I learned that. That's amazing. So – so yeah, so it's just whatever I was doing. So Greenpeace, I worked for Greenpeace. I was canvassing outside, raising money for the environment, and that really got me into Greenpeace and later on I was selling I gave a percentage of these paintings that I did to them. So I it always ended up like tying in later. Mm-hmm. So, just like you said, it it always you always learn from any job that you that you take. Just make the best out of it.
1: No job is a small job. And I think the other thing that's so powerful from what you just said is that you saw opportunities that weren't there before to be creative. So you came in and offered something up, but really you gained so much back. And I think that's a really good thing to keep in mind whenever you're in a job that maybe isn't your ideal destiny, but can become a new skill set for you at the very least.
0: Yeah. I think I think a lot of people think, well what am I getting out of it? Or this is going to be so much more money. Like I I'm I'm creating all this for such a low amount of money, but if you just put that aside and you're just like what can I learn? What can I give back? You know, you're making more of your time than just sitting there and
1: yeah. And it seems like you're just so mentally strong, even in those moments when you were working in the boutique. And to some people, it might have seemed being a professional artist was far away. You knew in your heart, in your head, in your spirit that you were going to do it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't have that mental strength. I certainly don't at times. I I get really doubtful of myself. So how can people like me who have, struggle with self-doubt, start to cultivate more of a strong mind to see what will be instead of what's right in front of them.
0: I surround myself with podcasts, just like we're doing, yeah. podcasts like this. Books. I love Work Party, for example, is a great one. Create and Cultivate is a great community of boss women, even though they're not artists, but they still have that mentality of of just being very successful reading different books. The Secret, have you read it?
1: I've watched the movie. There, there never are some read people it. that
0: don't really that they're like, ah, oh, they don't know how they feel about it. I personally love it and it's just about intention, the mm-hmm. power of positive thinking and all of that so I try to just think positively and yeah I think just surrounding yourself with positive things that you're reading that you're looking at people around you cut negativity out because you already have negativity in your mind you don't need an extra around you so just cut all the negative people and then work on you know being more positive whenever you feel a negative thought in your mind like you can't do this just like say no I yeah I can do this so it's a lot about it's a lot of mind work too
1: Do you literally, when you get a negative thought, say no to it? Or how do you kind of say, hey, you're not welcome here in my mind?
0: (laughs) (laughs) If I ever think of something where like, oh, man, this is going to take too long or this is whatever it is, I immediately stop myself and I think, all right, we live in the u.s yeah these are such first world problems we have so many opportunities i think part of it is also both my parents are immigrants my mom's from venezuela and people in venezuela right now they don't even have food to eat and we're over here with like grocery stores like five in the vicinity mm-hmm. and and putting things in perspective like that makes me work harder so many people wish that they had the opportunities that we have so also that immediately makes me think okay what you know mm-hmm. just work a little bit harder, yeah, you get got real, this. yeah, come on, <laughs> <laughs> so putting it into perspective i like a more of a grand scheme of things helps.
1: do you have a spiritual practice at all that you follow?
0: you know the the going out into nature mm-hmm. is is very is very nice, and whenever i I need it, I'll do that but I meditate in a different way. Since I create, I'm spending three to four hours by myself without technology, literally just in my thoughts for three, four hours straight just drawing. And that in itself is very, it really centers me and I do it almost daily. So, Do
1: you listen to music ever when you draw or is it literally just you, silence, and the canvas?
0: Sometimes. it, It depends. Sometimes I listen to music and sometimes I'm just drawing. But uh, cool. it's really nice. And I think that even if you aren't creative or even if you – even if everyone's creative, even if you are not a painter or mm-hmm. illustrator, you can still paint for fun. You don't have to show anybody. You don't have to – it doesn't have to be a masterpiece. It's really therapeutic. So I always advise, you know, get some art supplies and – yeah create an abstract piece. I mean, <laughs> it would be super abstract if I was doing it. I want to
1: ask you some questions about that because I I think that it's I'm so glad I'm interviewing you. I know I'm so glad I'm interviewing you because you you're the first me. visual artist that I've interviewed and that is an area that I don't have a skill set in whatsoever. And so where could someone like me or a listener who doesn't really have that innate ability start? Like where where do I start and how do I start kind of cultivating that skill set?
0: It depends. Do you mean somebody that just wants to do it for fun, or somebody that yeah. wants to do it for a career?
1: Someone who wants to do it for fun, I think. Okay. Yeah.
0: So for fun, I would just advise you can either paint by yourself and go on YouTube. There's, mm-hmm. there's, so there's a couple ways. YouTube is introvert. If you want to just be by yourself <laughs> and you just go on the computer and you can learn so much for free. Yeah, there's ads. Or there's also, which I collaborate with them a lot, it's called Skillshare online. Oh, yeah. Have you heard of it? Yes,
1: a few of the podcasts I produce use them as uh, sponsors. Yeah. Oh. Skillshare yeah. is great. Yeah. Just 99 cents for two months, folks. Yeah. Get on it.
0: <laughs> actually, I'm partnering with them. I partner with them a lot just because it's so great for my community because mm-hmm. they can learn. There's over 1,000 illustration classes on there. Can you imagine? But anyway, so Skillshare, I would say, is a good one. I'm actually – I collaborate with them. So sometimes in my story, I'll give two months free and some creatives do that too. So I would say, you know, if you see that, take advantage of it, jump on it. Exactly. (laughs) But yeah, that I definitely advise because you can learn so many different skills. If it's painting flowers or scenery or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So that's another great thing. If you're an introvert and you just want to do it at home, then there are also these paint classes that you can go to like the wine and paint classes and yeah. go with friends. I think that would be really fun. And then if you want to do a higher level, there's always workshops that you can take from professional artists. Those are usually around a thousand, two thousand $2,000 for a couple days, but those you really immerse yourself in and you're it's, it's more intimate. You immerse yourself and you have one-on-one with a professional artist.
1: I love it. So I want to get back to your path a little bit, because I know after those odd jobs, you started working at E Mm -hmm. and that was in 2014, right? Mm -hmm. And so you worked there for a while. You worked really hard. You were, weren't you staying till like midnight every (laughs) night? Okay. First of all, why did you stay till midnight every night? was that required?
0: No, definitely not required. (laughs) And uh, I would I would say I stayed probably till like nine thirty, ten. There was the last day I stayed there was till like four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it was because I was using their computer. Um <laughs> It was like my last day there. They had let me go. And I was like, all right, well, my computer at home isn't doing too good. So I'm going to stay here till like as long as I can get my website (laughs) looking good. Um, Anyways. Thank you, E. Yeah, thank you. No, they're great. So what was the the question? The question was, was, okay, well, I
1: originally asked you why you were staying so late every night. Um, What was the purpose of that?
0: Oh, yeah. So my – it was 9 to 5, regular. Mm -hmm. And then I would stay from like 5 to 9. And so 12 hours, that's where you got the 12 from. And I was staying there because I, my goal was to become my own boss at age 25. And I was working at E at 24. And I felt like, okay, this is great. I love what I do. I love. Eating, I loved working at E. I mean, oh my gosh, so many goodies and donuts and ice cream. Like every day they had so many great snacks. And it was just like a great ambient. Like it, it was just a great experience working there. But... I was drawing all day, but I wanted to be my own boss. So from five to nine, I was illustrating other things online, working on my website, working on other ideas and doing a lot of digital work. So, yeah, I was just working on myself Mm -hmm. and and then I would go home.
1: Perfect. And then I know you said they let you go. And it was really, I mean, I think that was maybe one of your greatest blessings because it was soon after that that you did become your own boss. Yeah. Can you walk me through that process a little bit?
0: Yeah. So I was illustrating for them. I would illustrate their articles that they would post like nine annoying people at the gym. And then I would just illustrate them. It was so fun. But then I was working for them. Let's say, I think it was like eight or nine months. And I got called in to the vice president's office, and she was like, Hey Amanda, I love what you're doing, but we're gonna put more money into like fashion. But if you know, if we need an artist, we'll reach out to you. So today's your last day. It was just like
1: that. Oh my gosh, yeah. I didn't even give you notice. No,
0: it was like, so if you can just clean your stuff out and and today will be your last day. I was like, okay. And I walked back, I'm like, all right. And see. I don't know. My brain just works this way. Like a part of like I never cried. I never thought like Oh my gosh! I thought this is like this is exciting. Who knows what's going to happen next? You know. And I was like, What's the first step I have to do? My website, my resume, everything better look really good because who knows? So that's why I stayed until like three that morning. Then took all my stuff, left before I knew it. Um, that I believe that was February. I think like only three weeks had passed by and then this app periscope which was twitter's live streaming app launched and i went on it i loved the app i was just bonding talking to people and before i knew it i was the top most followed woman on the app and that just made my career so much better and people started buying my art like crazy so that was So
1: great. wow. Okay, a lot to break down. First of <laughs> all, like you're clearly a visionary in so many different ways. Like And I know you said when the app first popped up, you like didn't know what it would be, but you kind of must have had a gut to get on there. Well, tell me about that. um,
0: My friend, actually, his name is Art Savani. And he, I went to college with him. I was in art classes with him. He lives in California. He's the one who was like, hey, this app. Just came up, I think you'd be great on it because he knows me and Mm -hmm. he knows that I can just talk for hours and I'm comfortable in front of a camera. And at the same time, I paint and multitask. I think I'm just ADD, so I can do so many things at one time. So I got on the app and I started painting and talking at the same time and entertaining people. And yeah, it was because of my friend. So shout out to art. (laughs) (laughs) So, how did you take that
1: following that you had cultivated from Periscope and start to parlay that into income? And to selling your art? And how can someone else do the same with one of the social media apps?
0: Well, the thing is, is art is my life. I'm, I, It's what I do seven days a week every day. So if I was live streaming about my life, it was me painting. So I would paint for hours. So I would be live streaming for like two, three hours straight and people would see the process of the painting. So it was very it it just flowed. It wasn't like, oh, please buy my painting. It was just, I was painting. People saw the process. They enjoyed it. So they purchased it. So.
1: Did you already have all the art up on your website at that point or was yeah. it an idea that, okay, so you already had that oh, going? Oh yeah. I, I had that ready <laughs> that day. You're like, that, honey buns, I had that on lock. <laughs>
0: that, that day that you left me, I made sure all that stuff was up there. <laughs> okay. Well, that brings me to
1: another question that people have actually been asking about. And something that a lot of people who are creative struggle with is setting your prices. Mm-hmm. How did you, and do you still, because you sell a ton of art, mm-hmm. go about figuring out what something creative is worth?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. So I was painting for a while and I never sold them because I thought, I don't want to start low. So I, I want to just r- keep creating art until I can sell it for a price point that I feel you know comfortable with ev- or... When my I feel comfortable selling it. So if let's say my artwork didn't look that good, I didn't want to sell it. So it's just feeling comfortable with the way that my art looks and then feeling comfortable with selling it at a certain price. So you have to think about if being an artist, if you want it to be your full-time job, how much money are you spending on your rent or mortgage, or how much money do you spend on that? How much money are you spending? Like, what are your bills look like? And what do you need to cover that? So everybody's is different. If you're going to buy art from somebody in Kansas, or you're going to buy art in somebody in New York or Los Angeles, it's going to be so much more expensive because the cost of living is more expensive. So that's what that's something that's important too. Now, that, that's why my artwork was priced at the point that I felt comfortable selling it. At the end of the day, you have to price your artwork how, if you feel comfortable, if you feel comfortable selling a certain price, then sell it. Once you start seeing, if it starts selling out like crazy at that price, then something's going on. You better <laughs> bring it up a little bit more. For me, I've gotten to a point where I feel like I'm doubling the prices of my like commissions and things like that within just a couple months at this point, just because I feel like, is my time worth it? So I'm selling these prints. I draw during the week, and then on Mondays, I'll sell prints of the art pieces. And if that, if one part of your life generates more money, then why would you be spending more time doing a commission that would be making as much money? So that's why it's starting to my commission prices start going up more and more. The more that people buy, the more that my commission price goes up because why would I spend time creating work for others when I can create work that comes from my soul and my heart that I love doing that sells anyways? Mm-hmm. So I think that that also matters.
1: That's so interesting because I feel like it's similar in mute I'm also a songwriter. And I feel like with music, it's so similar because you can write like for a general person and really s- situations that aren't that specific. But to me, I'd rather hear a really specific song because I know it's the truth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why people resonate with your art so much, like pictures you, you draw of you and Joey or, or, you know, of you in the shower because yeah. it's honest, it's your truth. And something about it is so gut wrenching, whether it makes you laugh, cry, or just smile. Yeah. Because it makes you feel something. And really that's the only component that anyone wants in life is mm-hmm. to feel yeah. anything deeply
0: that it's yeah with music exactly Mm -hmm. with music with with storytelling with with any type of art i think that if there's a passion and there's authenticity and it comes from somebody's soul that's that's the most beautiful thing that's why that's why that's what i really i said that's why a million times (laughs) but it is why (laughs) (laughs) that's why i love doing things from personal experience because I feel the same when I look at other people's artwork or I listen to a song and I know that person went through that.
1: Right. And it's like, weirdly enough, the specificity of it is what makes me feel connected to you. Yeah. Versus it being, oh, let me make a general painting about everyone's story. Me seeing your specific story makes me feel more connected to you and more connected to myself.
0: Yeah. It's really yeah, interesting. I, and with me, I mean, yeah, with music, same yeah, thing. Right. So I think that's so important. That's another tip I would give to artists or creatives. So many people are so worried about income or following or what's going to, what's popular right now. And they end up copying and they end up doing what they think is going to sell instead of honing in on like, what's your journey? What do you have to tell the the world? Because everybody has such a specific, um, unique journey to tell. And if you're just telling somebody else's because you're trying to gain followers or you're trying to make more money and you're like, oh, I think there's a big audience for this. So I'm going to paint this. And it happens all the time. right? That's when you kind of lose yourself. So I think it's very important too. I mean, I've never... Ever seen another artist paint discharge in underwear or like, you know, I draw that and I like know, it's so <sighs> oh my gosh, you have a a drawing
1: of a girl. Is it I'm it's probably you sitting on the couch with blood just everywhere. And I'm yeah. like, that's me. <laughs> that girl <Yeah>. is me. <laughs> that's an exaggeration. Yeah. But, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's an exaggeration, but that's how it feels. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want to talk in depth about. And I want to get back to like so many things. I want to talk to you for 19 hours. But there's <laughs> there's a few drawings that made me cry upon seeing them. So I feel like they're worth kind of getting into. And this one in particular that I'm pointing to, it's it's a woman sitting at a desk, a cubicle, it looks like, at her 9 to 5 job. Yeah, And she's got um, a box around her head and... She has a cage. A cage. And there's all these ideas coming out.
0: Yeah. And... It broke my heart because I feel like so many people are in that cage, Yeah, you know, and I've been in that cage so
1: many times and you captured it so beautifully. Thank you. So if we are that person, first of all, like what was the inspiration for this? But second of all, if we are that person, how can we take that cage off ourselves? Because most of the time we're putting it on ourselves.
0: Yeah. I mean... That is inspired, of course, from my life, too. Right. You know, I know that experience is inspired from my desk. I mean, Einstein, like... Yeah, because there's an Einstein right
1: by... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a beautiful detail, and that's part of what's so great about your work, too. It's so beautifully detailed, but there's an Einstein bag right
0: on the desk showing like she's just eating like a leftover bagel there and there's if you see she has a band-aid and she's wearing heels and it's just like a lot of times you have to dress certain way like entertainment for sure like I would wear heels and wear uncomfortable things as you can see what I'm wearing I'm wearing pajama pants at the moment and like a sweater and it's just it was just a contrast of working from home and working in an office but I would say for people, a lot of the times we're so worried about what other people think or where we should be in life. So we spend so much extra money on the car, our home, this or that. So when I was working at E, I was living in a 300-foot teeny studio, one window, which was a brick wall. I didn't have an oven. And it, it was just like, How can I use my savings just for my art? And then once I have more money and I'm more comfortable, I think a lot of the times we expand ourselves too much because we feel like people are scared to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. If it is, just go back to your parents or get a roommate or just live uncomfortable for two years, if that gives you extra money to travel the world and paint different countries that you've never seen, if it's something that you want to do, or if that gives you extra money to start a podcast and you're like, okay, I have enough saving to work from home for six months and later I'll figure out what I'm going to do. But I think a lot of it is just is just not worrying about other people and knowing that every every journey is unique and sacrificing everything for what you love. Now, I do want to say that I can only speak for myself and people like me. I am not a mother. I don't have kids. That's different. And that is completely different and you'd have to interview a creative that can because I do want to say some people are listening and they're like, "Yeah, but I have all, you know, three kids." But when or- it's
1: just you, it's like we put these boxes. We put ourselves in these boxes. Yeah. You know, and we think that we need safety and security, but really, it's a lot safer to live a life that you can
0: be proud of. Yeah. And that you're happy every day. Yeah. Much- Even like you
1: said, if you have to downsize. And I think something else you talk about that's so great is like spending money on your creativity. You say, don't cheap out on having good supplies. Like, yeah. Don't put all your money into going out and getting drinks with your friends. Spend your money on your career, on what you want to do.
0: Yeah and then once you invest in and and I have that one about the jars. I don't know if you saw it about the girl that she's saving money and she's putting yeah. money into the dream jar and that's what I'm saying it's just invest in yourself and invest in your mind and your education and and that is going to help you then achieve more.
1: Mhm. Yeah, and I think a good thing too that you can do cuz my therapist has has had me do this before is when you have a fear You keep asking what the worst thing that could happen about that fear is. And then what? And then what? And then what? And usually the answer at the end is either not really true or like so extreme it's laughable. And you see, okay, it lifts the veil of terror and shame and fear Mm -hmm. and helps you go toward whatever you're
0: avoiding yeah, because of that being terrified. Yeah, it's true. Or we think… Oh my gosh, if I don't, I mean, for, for women that are, you know, like I said, like, like us, we think, oh my gosh, if I don't have a job, what am I going to do? I mean, at the end of the day, most of us can always go back to our parents. Most of us can always downsize or it's all, it's all about just. Or you have
1: a friend, like if you don't have a good family situation, you have a friend who loves you. Yeah. Or you can, my friend right now, who's literally living in a room that's a dorm room for all yeah. intents and purposes. And he's so happy because yeah. he's pursuing his stand up and he's pursuing his acting. And he has a little kitchen where he can just make some food on a, like a hot plate. And that's yeah. all he needs. Yeah. You know, yeah. we need and a lot less than we think, but we do need to be okay with ourselves.
0: Yeah. And I also do want to add that, you know, I lived in that studio for one year and after that I was making six figures. Like it was only one year of living like that. A lot of times you think, oh my God, we're going to do this for the rest of our life. But no, you sacrifice a couple years. There's a saying, I'm probably going to, this is probably <laughs> not going to be exactly it, but entrepreneurs are people that will live a couple years like most people won't. So then they could live like most people can't. Ooh. And that's that's the thing. People don't ever want to go through that struggle. Usually, it doesn't last that long because once, if you're sacrificing everything, you're going to meet the right people. You're going to do the right things. You're going to 100% put all of your time into yourself instead of somebody else's business.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Another good quote that I love that yes. is, because of the collective insecurity of society, there's so much less competition in the top. <sighs> it's awesome it's it's horrible, but it's, it's true. true so it's yeah. just like it's not you know and I always say when when I mean sometimes people reach out I'm like both my parents are immigrants, I'm female and I'm an artist, and I did it you know like yeah. you can do it too right it's true
1: and you this I just want to talk about one other painting you have this other painting of uh it, it's to me about self love a girl mm-hmm. looking in the mirror and the mirror the image in the mirror comes out and hugs her and she hugs the image back. Yeah. How has self-love been important in your journey as a creative and how can other people start to cultivate more of that?
0: It's so important. And like I've said before, it's important to cut out negativity. So I was in I was in two back-to-back abusive relationships and those are really hard. So, you know, they, they really knock you down and they were in total eight years. That's a very long time. So I had to... Cut the negativity out of my life and start healing myself. And that's what I did when I lived by myself um, in that teeny studio. That's where I have the painting of the girl watering her the roses. Um, that's where that came from. So what I would always say is self-love is a journey, but as soon as you cut out negativity, it you are you will be amazed at how fast you will bloom. You will bloom mm-hmm. so much quicker once you cut that out. And I think it's important to do things that make you feel good and whatever that may be, it's different for every person, but do things that make you feel good, take care of yourself, take care of your health and it all, and do things that you love and it just shines through you.
1: And Speaking of self-love, that obviously blossomed into a very beautiful partnership between you and Joey. You met him, I, it was after you had done a whole year of being single. Yeah. And you're at this very apartment building where we are now. Yeah. And it was, I mean, you were friends first, but you're basically in love the minute you met each other. You just didn't know it yet. <laughs> and so i I know that he and your relationship has been a big inspiration for your creativity. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, well, first of all, like how tell a little bit about your relationship and how it inspires your art and how other people can kind of go toward a relationship like that. Cause I think that we don't realize the impact our partner has on what we are and what we're capable of and they can really make or break you.
0: It's so true. I mean, my career didn't take off till after I, I got out of the relationship. I was single and, and it was because of that. But What's so special about my relationship with Joey is just that we genuinely want the best for each other. We want the best for each other. We always have the best intentions. So, I mean, I know this is rare, but it's weird because it comes up a lot. People always ask us, do we argue? We've been together for almost four years. We've never had one argument. I know it sounds, it's for me, if somebody told me that, well, before I met him, I would say, you're such a liar. Because no, I don't think you're a liar.
1: I think that's beautiful. Because I would I have think arguments all the time. It's ideal.
0: I don't think that everybody
1: has or necessarily gets that.
0: Yeah. And who knows? I, it's still four years in. I mean, well, yeah, once kids I mean, come around. You and, might have
1: disagreements, yeah. but you respect each other yeah. enough not to disparage each other's integrity
0: right Mm -hmm. or raise your voice or say something especially
1: have knowing your background i'm sure that that's such a crucial part of why you love him so much and trust him so mm -hmm.
0: much yeah yeah it's like finally yeah Yeah. (laughs) a good man (laughs) yes you know what this is what i say too for anybody that feels like i'll never find somebody or like this world or blah 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 i think if just think to yourself if you exist if somebody like you exists, that means somebody else does too you know? So that's what I would always think. I was like, somebody has to think with my morals and my perspective in life. And I think that's important too. People, the person that you're with to have similar morals and and values. And always, there's always has to be respect. I mean, you know, never putting anybody down and always being there for one another. It also helps that We kind of we like the same things. I mean, if you're in a relationship with somebody that loves going out and the other person doesn't, I can see there can be arguments. But
1: so you're both in creative fields. Does that ever bring up any issues, or does it enhance each other's creativity?
0: Uh, It enhances it, and not only that, but we have the understanding that we need the space too. Mm. Cause even though I work from home, I do have my own art studio and I'm in there for five, four or five hours sometimes, or let's say I was going to make dinner at like seven, it's nine thirty PM. He will never go in and rush me. Like he might be hungry. He'll start eating snacks or he'll say, let's just go out to have dinner. But he would never rush me t- for anything because he knows how important it is that if I'm in the groove, I'm in the groove and we're going to skip and we're going to figure something else out. But that comes first. Same thing for him. When he's doing something creatively or working on on a project or a voiceover character. But he grew up in a very creative household. Both his parents are artists. That's mm. his mom's work right there. Oh, I'll have to
1: interview him sometime. Um,
0: oh my <laughs> gosh. His dad's Cookie Monster. Oh, um, get out of here. Yeah. I'm, so, no, just,
1: we'll have him and Cookie Monster and you on and Mona Lisa. <laughs> but,
0: All
1: but, the heavy hitters.
0: <laughs> but yeah, he grew up in like a... Qu- Crazy, awesome creative household. Um, his mom's a fine artist. His dad does voiceover work and he's puppeteering. He's been the voice of, I mean, he does the Muppets also. And oh my things gosh. Like that. So he, I mean, I love his family. That's he's so amazing. awesome. Amazing. <laughs> I know you told,
1: okay, so I, that kind of is a perfect segue into your podcast because you told the story of how you two met and how you fell in love and you talked about his family. Um, why did you want to start the podcast and what's been your favorite thing about it so far?
0: So, the it's such a fun way to interact with people and share our stories and and just give light to the creative world that sometimes people don't know the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. The podcast I would say is more of Joey's baby. Really, he he is a voiceover actor. He does a lot of voiceover on TV. He has over thirty characters on PBS, and he um he's great at it. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's more of his thing, but I love talking. So for me, it's just, it's great. And it's such a bonding experience. Don't you bond? I mean, every time you're podcasting with somebody, you make direct eye contact. Yeah, there's no technology, that's it. It's just you and that person having a long conversation. So, it's also really nice.
1: It is like this is the greatest way to get to know someone. You know, it'd take probably at least a year of knowing you to uncover all this information. Yeah, and we're doing it in one setting, but it's true. And it and you have such a great dynamic together because he's really goofy and you're really sweet and light and like you kind of like balance each other out. I don't know. It's beautiful. Yeah. I'm
0: so thankful. And you
1: should listen to the most recent one about
0: ghosts. <gasps> oh yeah. And you have a ghost story. Oh so, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, You, you should you have one. Some, about- <laughs> maybe
1: I'll do one about creative ghosts because I feel like the one, whatever I encountered was very creative. Back to you though. <laughs> so, you do lots of 100 day drawing challenges, and mm-hmm. you're creating every single day. Do, have you read The War of Art by Stephen
0: Pressfield? Oh, I know I should. I've been Well, working, you already I, do it, so you kind of <laughs> don't
1: need to read it. But so, what's your take on working every day? And like, how militant are you with yourself about? It? I know you were sick last week. Did you still push through and create that day?
0: Yeah, I still created some of the days. I mean, there was some. There was. I would sleep, let's say, till two, three, and then have like green juice and like take care of myself and then I would go into the studio and work but I didn't not every single day because you know you got to take care of yourself too but I was very diligent on it the first 300 that I did first 300 days 300 days wow. yeah the first 350 I'm already over 400 I, I I lose track but I I was doing it every single day now with wedding planning and so many other things going on you know it's like every other day or something like that but yeah. I It's something that I love doing. If I don't create for, let's say, two, three days in a row, I already start feeling bad. Like like My body, my mind, I'm like, I don't feel good. I have to create. So mm-hmm. it's just something that I don't really have to push myself that much just because I need it. Do you recommend for all
1: creatives to get to their art or their creativity, whatever their project is, every single day?
0: Yeah. I think that that's, that's a piece of advice that was given to me in college by a professional that came into the classroom and he was just giving all of us advice. And I really took that with me, you have to start a habit. So the hardest thing with anything, even creating art is starting, like mm-hmm. starting the podcast. Oh, I want to write this book, write the book, just start it. And then you figure it out. Then right. you figure, then you learn on the way. If you make it a habit, which after 90 days, anything becomes a habit, then that's where it just feels like a need. You're addicted to whatever it is. So mm-hmm. might as well have, make it something that's really good and you love doing. So these hundred day challenges. I advise anybody to do for whatever it is that you love doing because it keeps you, there's a goal and it keeps you, you're closer to the goal, closer to the goal. And then there's an ending. You know, I actually did that. I the gym the other day. I was in the Stairmaster and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. And then I started counting like to 10, like these things on the floor. And I was like, One, two, three, 10. And I counted again and again. And it helped me. And a lot of times it's just, like I said, it's Tricks. just your mind. It's like a trick. Yeah.
1: Do you ever get creatively blocked?
0: I'm trying you know, it very rarely happens because uh, I'll actually show you whenever I have an idea, no matter when it is during the day or at night, or sometimes the worst is like right before bed, Joey and I are cuddled in the perfect position. We're so comfortable. And then the idea comes to my mind and I'm like, I'm sorry. You have to unclamp.
1: Unclamp Joey.
0: Yeah. We're like, I'm sorry. I got an idea. So he gets it. But, but whenever I have an idea, I write it down. So if I ever have a day where I'm like, Hmm, I don't know if anything happened like today or yesterday that I can think of. I go back to my ideas list. And so this oh my is my gosh! List. Okay.
1: You got to talk into the mic though.
0: Okay. So this is my ideas list. And it's
1: okay. Just to give you an idea. She's been scrolling now the whole time since she first started talking about it. She's still going. And I'm still, still, going, still going. Still going. Still scrolling. Still scrolling. This is unbelievable. It's, I, mean,
0: I mean, I need years to draw yeah. all these things. And you will. So that's what that's what I have. So sometimes I joke, I'm like, I need to reincarnate and then continue (laughs) in the next life. But but I think we all have great ideas, but we forget to write them down. And we're like, we'll remember and then we don't. And I think it's not only for me, but any or or for somebody that's an artist, but for anybody, you might have had a really great idea like a month and a half ago, but you never wrote it down and now you forgot it.
1: Yeah. So so it's like the moment that, especially when you're feeling really inspired, the moment that an idea comes to you, keep a running list. And then in those moments when you're feeling blocked, you have that list to fall back on.
0: Yeah. Or when you have extra time for people that don't work from home and don't have right. like, oh, I have like two days to work on something. Oh man, I don't, I'm not inspired or like, yeah. So it's like little gifts from the universe. These ideas, I think they're very important. They come to you for a reason. So right. yeah, you should, you should uh, answer write it the down. call. Yeah. My, my dad told me that. That That's
1: uh, great advice, dad. Yeah.
0: Thanks, dad. Thanks, dad. (laughs)
1: Where's dad from? He's from Chile.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Repping it. So this podcast is also meant to help people who have never before considered themselves creative, that they Mm -hmm. thought growing up, you know, that wasn't really encouraged in their household. They didn't really have a certain kind of creativity they gravitated toward. Maybe they have a job that's just like, Data entry or something mm-hmm. like that, and they want to find ways to make their whole life more creative mm-hmm. What would be your advice to them on how to start integrating creativity into their day to day?
0: There are so many things around you that you can use for whatever it is that you love doing example let's say you like cooking there's so many creative ways to make a you can make a dessert and you can just put a piece of chocolate on there, but I don't know. There's so many ways where you can melt the chocolate and then maybe you can put the imprint. I've even seen people use, you know, like the, I don't even know if this is, maybe this is no. a good example. No, this is I was say Cooking <laughs> is amazingly creative. I've seen people use something that has like a pattern or even like a bubble wrap pattern or something. Then while the chocolate's a little melted, you put it on top, you take it out. Then it has like a cool pattern. Then you you put it right on top of the dessert. Like There's so many cool, fun ways to cook or... You know why you can pick a, make a pancake round, but you can make it into a heart too, and that's creative, and it's really cute if you make it for your significant other. And it took you just two seconds. So I think implementing cre- creative little ways in your everyday life is not only good for career wise. I don't think it's only good for career wise or for your soul, but I think it's also nice in a relationship. I mean, we leave notes for each other or little drawings, and and um, that always makes us happy. So. Just to make you or people around you happy, I think it's nice.
1: And you draw, paint everything you do with so much honesty and things that like aren't necessarily always flattering. Like you've you have a drawing in your bathroom of um, I think it's you or someone. Yeah, it's inspired by me. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Pulling a hair off your boob. Yeah, nipple hair. Yeah, and those are things that like we're usually ashamed or told not to talk about.
0: Yeah. How did you start
1: drawing? that honestly? And how can we all start to be more vulnerable in our day-to-day lives?
0: It's kind of like the golden rule, you know, do unto others what you would like them to do to you. But but with a flip on it with like a little twist. Who would you like to meet or draw what you would like to see or be, you know, create or sing something. And for me, that was honesty. We are so inundated on Instagram with so many Photoshopped images, so many people's perfect lives and and all of these these things that make us feel my life doesn't look like that. Or, you know, my hair doesn't always look like that or whatever it is. And... I decided to share that through illustrations. So you see my hairy back, you see nipple hair. Oh, I think or the discharge in the underwear and it opened up a lot of conversations. I couldn't believe so many men didn't even know that women have discharge when they're not turned on like they mm-hmm. just have it regularly. It's just like coming out. Yeah, they it's they didn't to know. Say hi. <laughs> so, it opened up a lot of conversations too. Something I thought was cool the other day is I have these little pins that I gift and I have this nipple hair pin that somebody got in the mail and it was a male. It was a man and he posted on his story and he was like, I scored a pin and he's holding it and it just made me feel like, yes, it's normalizing it. Like There's a guy happy to have this drawing of a woman pulling out a nipple hair and it's not gross. It's just normal.
1: It's so true because, you know, this is a little different, but on this podcast, I've mostly so far had women. I do have a male guest coming up soon, and I obviously want them to be part of the conversation because, you know, we all are creative and men are no exception. (laughs) But I was worried, like, will men still be interested in listening? And I'm like, that is so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, this is good information. These are honest conversations. Why wouldn't it make anybody want to listen regardless of their gender.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's great information mm-hmm. that they're learning. And you learn more about different different paths and different – I mean, you might learn more about your spouse from listening to things like this or right. from looking at uh, female art or – Yeah.
1: Yeah, I no, I think it's really important to normalize both genders. Yeah. And not just both. There's many genders now. There always have been. We just called it out recently. So yeah. I don't know – if you've ever thought about her, which I think you have, I think you actually have a drawing, but I talk a lot about the inner child. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. 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 And I think about my inner child a lot and doing right by her. And I think that your inner child is intricately connected to your creativity. So if your five-year-old self, the little girl with the, autograph book from Disney yeah. was standing in front of you today and you're both like distinct beings standing she's in front of you and you're in front of her mm-hmm. and she's looking at you and seeing all you've accomplished your incredible art who you are, your beautiful love what do you think she would say to you and why? I feel like she wouldn't even she's
0: like what? you you moved where? <laughs> you she would be you're an artist you could do that um I think she would be excited my five year old self I'd be like, oh my gosh, i am it's it's nice to reflect and to and to be you know to make yourself feel good of like you know I worked so hard, I overcame all of these things, and uh so I think she she would be happy, which makes me happy, which makes me feel like ah. Uh, it's going to be fun being a mom <laughs> yeah. in the future. Yeah.
1: And if she was standing in front of you, same scenario, what would you say to her and why?
0: Oh, I would tell her, keep on drawing. By the way, you can be an artist. <laughs> you can be an artist when you grow up, so you don't have to worry about what you're going to do when you're 18 or 19. So I think it's it's nice to, as as soon as you figure out what it is that you love doing, do it. Because... There's so many people that they don't even know. Mm-hmm. So if you do know, then do it. You, you are already one leg up of, you know, it, you have you have the privilege of already knowing what you love doing. So I think, you know, go for it. I know so many people that are still trying to figure it out and everybody's on their own path. But it is a little sad sometimes when I think, man, this person, they still have no idea, like not even a little bit.
1: So, But if you trace your life and you look back, there's always the answers in our childhood. I agree.
0: I agree. Yeah. 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 That's
1: why I always bring up the inner child because it's like, look back. And even if it's not like, oh, I love singing, so I should be a singer. Maybe that was like a sign that you want to be a a pastor and you know, incorporate that into your ministry. Maybe that's a sign that you want to use your voice to heal others in some way. Yeah. Maybe it's a sign that you know, you are a teacher. It could be anything, but the answer is always rooted in what gave you joy as a child.
0: I agree. That's so beautiful. I, I really, I agree with that so much. Or I think sometimes we think, oh, we don't know what we want to do because society expects us to do so many different, mm-hmm. you know, maybe like be extremely successful. But success is just, it's so, Um. what's the word I'm looking for? It's.
1: What does that even mean? Right.
0: I think success successful- is
1: different to everyone. And your version of success can be different than how society classically defines success.
0: Right. And I think success at the end of the day is happy. Are you happy? Mm-hmm. And if you're happy, then you're successful in life. That's what I think. Thank you so much for listening
1: and to Amanda Oleander for being an incredible guest. For more information on Amanda, check out her social media at Amanda Oleander. That's at Amanda O L E A N D E R and her website, AmandaOleander.com. Thanks to Ashley Daniels for your continued support and for booking Amanda on the podcast. You can follow her at Miss Ashley Daniels. Thanks to Liz Full, who composed all of the show's original music. Follow her at Liz Full. Thanks to my co-producer, Juliette Vibère. Follow her at Bonjour Juliette. And thank you, my beautiful creative soul. If you want to be considered for Creative of the Week, reach out on social media at Lauren LeGrosso or at Unleash Your Inner Creative. And just reach out and say hi because I love you. You can also reach out on Twitter at You Are Inner Creative. And you can email Unleash Your Inner Creative at gmail.com. So many platforms. What shall you choose? Get creative. That joke's going to get old at some point, but hopefully you still love me. Okay, so if you like the show, subscribe and leave a review. It really helps us grow in the community and gives us clout in the iTunes store. And if you really like the show, tell a friend so that they can join our creative community. My wish for you this week is that you get out there and put your work into the world. We need your art, your voice, and your story. If you've never put anything out yet, this is a perfect time to start this community will embrace you with open arms. I believe in you. Talk with you next week.